everybody, and welcome to this edition of Talk Local Today. I am joined with two special guests um, coming from the region, uh, both marketing guys uh, who really understand. On, and I think they have both like really um, specific talent bases, but they're inside. They got the inside track of the industry. I'm joined with Steve Dykstra, also known as Stevie D on Facebook, um, and Kevin Brinesma. Kevin, how's you guys doing today? We're doing good. Thanks for having us on the show. Yeah, you guys. You guys excited? Was it sleepless nights last night? <laughs> No, I slept great last night. <laughs> I have a new baby at home, so... So you're no way. Yeah, sleep is a little overrated this time. I'll be joining that club in three months. Are you ready for it? No. <laughs> it doesn't feel real. I feel like it's going to be real when it's like the day of the pregnancy. Yeah, until that baby's in your hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm seeing her scream. And yeah. That's at least what's going on in my mind heading into it. It's you know? exactly how you imagine it's going to be. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Sensory overload, because that's what I'm expecting. It's like that moment where you just know your life's never going to be the same. Ever. Ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep now. Okay. you're not going to get it later. So my entire routine is going to be shot. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Look forward to that. So I, <laughs> uh, I really wanted to have both you guys on only because of the creative side of this. And it's really impressive to like, A, be on the forefront of this area. And I think turning around the, the maybe the, the old face of what was on this place and kind of being like on the forefront of creating a difference and change. And I think one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of and through my conversations is that there's this group of people, and I don't know if it's the Gary V generation or whatever, that like rely on that 25 to 35-year-old people who are business owners, they're entrepreneurs, and they're just going ham um, on the marketing side. And it's creating this whole new era of people in this area in particular that I think we're gonna, is going to resonate for the next 20 years. And I would definitely put you two both in that. Um, so you, just to kind of give you uh, the audience a little bit of a background, both of you guys work at Cultivate. Um, and I probably won't do it justice. Can you guys kind of uh, elevator pitch what Cultivate overall does? Yeah, so we're a brand strategy agency. Um, basically, what we do is we try to connect with our clients and help them matter more in the marketplace of ideas. Um, they've all got some audience that they're trying to reach, and they want them to do something. And branding is always about positioning. So we kind of come into their organization, understand uh, what makes them tick, what makes them unique, and kind of help them tell their story in a uh, maybe non-traditional way. Sure. Easy enough. Short and sweet. Absolutely. Um, I know you guys have a lot of high-end uh, clients, so I know there's some things that I've seen from uh, you guys worked with Ozinga. Uh, you guys just created that pitch. I, d I wouldn't be able to tell you the specifics of the, the company, but it was the one where those guys were washing the tires. What was that one? The video production one, I think, that wrote a shot? Yeah. Who was the client you're asking? Yeah. Uh, First Choice Logistics. First Choice Logistics. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, and so just by knowing you guys, well, so I, I met Kevin. I met you, what, November? October somewhere in that realm yeah. like formally yep and uh, I've known I've known Stevie for a, for quite a while right yeah, so it's, um, I know you know my wife for even longer Eliana probably in a Christian days yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah a long time ago <laughs> um, and so you uh, you have like a unique perspective because I think that's one of the things that's kind of coming out of this is that a lot of people with the ambitions and the passions that's kind of coming through professionally and so what really stands out for me was how well organized and prepared and how ambitious you were without the paycheck and all the times. And I know that really you did that with the wedding industry in particular. Um, but you also kind of dabbled a lot with video production and social media campaigning. And now it's kind of all coming to fruition, right? Absolutely. So can you talk to us a little bit about maybe some of your biggest wins? Yeah. So uh, I actually run a wedding DJ business right here in Highland, Indiana. I've been doing it for about 19 years. Um, a lot has changed in 19 years, but as like a lot of other small business owners, you need to get your name out there and you need to kind of stand out um, amongst the competition in a very busy, active world. So I tried to uh, 
to kind of self-educate myself as far as doing videos and, and get, being creative and, and just doing things that are non-traditional than what everybody else is kind of already doing. So years ago when the YouTube first kind of came on scene, we were doing something called the Jam Cam where we would go to weddings and we'd film a little bit of highlight video of uh, your reception, throw that on uh, Facebook the very night of your wedding. So you'd get married at midnight and yeah. the next day everybody was seeing it engaging and it really kind of helped me generate this following and this audience um way cool. back when so that was kind of fun um as that kind of progressed obviously that doesn't work anymore everybody does that so that's no no longer unique you got to kind of be a little bit fluid that kind of took me into more of a full-time opportunity a few years later and uh, that brought me to a local porta potty company um <laughs> here in northwest indiana and uh kind of the things that i had learned from being an entrepreneur just kind of carried those things into there and it was kind of a natural fit and uh, it worked out well. Yeah. So. Well, if you're if you're unfamiliar with the, as an audience, you probably have seen the video. The one in particular that I think went really crazy. The most uh, probably the, uh, was the porta potty singing "Go Cubs Go." Yes. Right. <laughs> that was like the first viral hit. Well, that was the third viral. Third. Yeah, my bad. The third viral porta potty video. Okay. Who'd well, have thought, you so know? that was so. Is that so? Out of all the the ones, is that the one that was like? What's the most like? Um, the one that you expected the least from that was the biggest hit. You know, I think early on, the, the first win was doing the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, where we just figured out we could put Christmas lights in these things and light them up and change them colors. And then that led us to another year. We kind of learned some things. We failed at some things and got better at it. And then we did a uh, Straight No Chaser cover, which, of course, made its way into the hands of Straight No Chaser. Um so that got picked up by them and kind of went all over the internet and basically got picked up by every affiliate ABC station across the nation. Awesome. Um, and then obviously towards the end we did the uh, the Jingle Johns was the name. So and that was the Go Cubs Go thing and that landed us on Good Morning America, um, every local news station in Chicago, um, yep. just a whole bunch of craziness. But from that it kind of gave us this little bit of internet fame for the two seconds that we got. So. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who'd you know? have thought, man? And but once you do it, you know it's tangible. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that like so I know our audience is a lot of like small business owners who are like, well, I know I do social media on my spare time. And I can think of a couple people right away as like uh, Brie from Cafe Fresco or Kate is Green is Good by Kate. And they do a great job of it. And they know how time consuming it is. But a lot of businesses struggle between, so you can, all I'm saying is you can relate to the struggle of trying to kind of get a face for your companies digitally, like yep. a digital marketing campaign, a digital shop, if you will. And then the struggle of kind of managing your business at the same time and how, how tough that is. Absolutely. So it's a full-time job. It certainly is. And so um, jumping uh, to Kevin, Kevin, uh, you uh, did a lot of live productions in particular. I got a chance to get to know your work through Faith Church and seeing a lot of that stuff. Um, what, tell us a little bit about that background. Yeah. Um, so I went to school specifically for like print and graphic design. And Interesting. Then, um, I, uh, I started working at Faith Church. 14 years ago um, I was helping out with like a building campaign doing materials and stuff like that um, I just kind of taught myself video and stumbled into it um, started doing like you know announcements and things like that and then um, things got a little more serious we started doing like testimonies and, and bigger things the production kept going up and up and then you know my ideas kept getting bigger and bigger to the point where like I have this idea but I have no idea how to pull this off so then I'm reaching out to other people. I'm hiring freelancers to come in and work with me, and and that sort of positioned me more into like a director producer type of role. Um, for you know, I was getting from uh, in front of the camera to behind it, and um, 
yeah, doing that. And so, uh, 14 years, you know, doing, doing that stuff. And, um, we didn't do a whole lot with social media over there. Um, a lot of my stuff was, you know, we'd put hours and hours and, and build this video yep. and then it'd play in front of the 3000 people on the weekend or whatever. And then it was never to be seen again. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, um, it was kind of like social media was an aftermath. Like we started, you know, putting things out there, um, after the fact and, you know, just kind of watching the hits on it and stuff like that. Um, but to give you credit, and I mean, this is really where it kind of stands out for me, is you were really pushing the envelope from a market. Because like right now, video on social media looks a lot different than it did five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago, it was still like everyone was trying to think of what that's going to look like. And now it's starting to kind of formulate. Um, I'm thinking of the series in particular that was like Coffee with Kevin. Oh, yeah. That was kind of like, I mean, to be honest, probably, a, a, you know, I, I didn't, I don't know if I can give it direct credit, but definitely something that was inspiring and influential for the, even the podcast and the video side of it, because it's very podcasty. It is. You yeah. know, if that's a word. But um, yeah, no, I mean, so like that was kind of going on and that was a real way to engage the audience, which is kind of like on the forefront of that. So, I mean, I don't know, I'll give you credit for sure on that. And then a lot of the stuff was the, uh, like you said, those testimonials, but the ones that kind of really string to melt is like the, uh, the rap video with all the pastors. Oh yeah. If we had one that went viral, it was that bad boy. Like, every, yeah, that one's really cool. And Cause like you just don't normally see pastors in that situation, you know, and they kind of have them embrace it and really kind of go with it. I know it was like chuckle city in the, in the service I was at. Um, and I know that one went online and that was pretty crazy. And then the other one in particular was the one that was more, so I'm kind of giving you three different production values that I've seen. <laughs> okay. The other one was the uh, one that you guys went out to San Diego, I think. And then you guys put the GoPro on the plane or, oh, or yeah. something like that. It looked like that. Uh, yeah, we didn't actually. We weren't actually allowed to put a GoPro on a plane. We really wanted to, but um, yeah, we we uh, interviewed a jet fighter, and mm -hmm. that shoot was amazing. Like it was fun, man. That's cool. Look, I wish we could have ran the camera for like n n more than what we were allowed to, because like we went to the base and we weren't allowed to have cameras, but we were like in flight simulators and all this cool stuff. It was awesome. Um, yeah, so we just pulled some interviews out of that, but yeah, that was that was a fun video too. That's awesome. <laughs> I got to do a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. fun part about video production that I think people don't realize is the first thing is that you get into a situation where you're literally changing professions daily. Right. You know, I mean, there's one day I, and Lakeshore was a perfect example of it was like, I'd be in a doctor's office filming a spine commercial. And then in the next day I'd be at a, a vet talking about PTSD and like having like moms crying and everything. And it was like insane to see that kind of juxtaposition in 24 hours. So you're kind of like, I don't know, jumping in people's lives randomly. Absolutely. And it's really fun to see if you're a curious person about people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you got to have that gene. But um, and so you guys have already kind of talked about a couple things that I really want to touch on. And I think having you guys on, I wish this was a situation where we could be Facebook Live and have people ask questions, because I think this would be the really the true power of this medium. Unfortunately, we're not there <laughs> yet, but hopefully soon. But um, you talked a couple about a couple things. And this is something that we deal with a lot is that um, it's a very, I feel like copycat. Uh, world, this media stuff, and you talked about doing the video production stuff on Saturday nights for people. You did it for my wedding, yep. the get down stuff. So, how do you constantly evolve inside this ever changing game of copycats? And is it because, and how, and how do you kind of like stand above it? I guess is the question. 
Yeah, well, that's a really good question. You know, I, I think it always comes back to the, the fundamental basics, especially when you're talking about social media marketing. Um, I, a lot of people have heard this over the years, but there's the kind of the three E's um, of social media marketing. There's this entertain, um, which we all kind of understand what that is. There's this educational aspect of it, which is kind of, in a sense, what we're doing here a little bit today. And then there's this empowerment. If we can empower the user to be able to do something, whether that's through education and entertainment, you know, if we can nail all three of those E's one it's a pretty solid piece of content so going back to the basics you know we look at who it is we're trying to reach and what are we trying to get them to accomplish and if we can use one of these threes or all three of them at the same time to help them accomplish this problem that they have it's usually a win um, sure but that's where we kind of have to pull in some of the the creative minds to really kind of achieve that so that can that's what Kevin and I kind of do is I kind of draw out the sandbox for him like, hey, here's who we're trying to reach. Here's what we want them to do. Here's one of the three E's that's going to work probably best for them. This is your sandbox. Go play in it and come up with something new and fresh. And uh, that usually works a pretty well, you know. From yeah. a, And how's your process, Kevin? When My it comes process, to um, well, for one, you know, when we get these new sandboxes, it's different clients, right? So there's always... I mean, everything from liquid transport companies to doctors, whatever. It can be an array of things, right? Which is great for me because I get bored really easily. Yeah, so yeah. put me in all different situations. I love it. The next thing is, like, when you're talking about staying original, I think one of my go-to things that I do is whatever it is, I, I put myself in it and, and try to think of what is – what relationship do I have with this product or the service? How have I reacted to it? Because when you go personal with it, like that's your own stuff, right? Right. You're not right. pulling that. You're not copycatting. So it's hard to argue with it. So, I mean, like we're dealing with this liquid transport company, right? I don't know anything about trucking or liquid transport or whatever. And it's almost my being naive to it is almost a superpower. Honestly, because I ask a lot of questions, I how you know how I relate to this topic. It's true. Is completely different than somebody that's been trucking for thirty years and knows everything about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's where like my brain can just come up with these wacky scenarios and and do these weird things and then put it down on storyboard and and you know make sure it lines up with these walls of the sandbox. Does it fit in the budget? Does it talk to the right audience? Is it what we're going for? And, you know, you kind of turn the knobs and dial in the creative. And then once it's there, you just put the production into play and set her free. And then see what happens. See what happens. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully logistics match up with the analytics and you got an audience, yeah, right? right. Um, inside that process, though, is there any type of, uh, like, I guess, research when it comes to what other people in that industry are doing and what they're, where they're at? Because I know that works in like the SEO and PPC game a lot is that they'll, they'll it's a fight to be number one on Google. And so you've got to kind of outman out weaponize the other person through funds to kind of make that happen um but from a creative side is it something similar to where you can kind of say well we did a we did a uh, commercial for a tree farm mm -hmm. and there's you you know you, you, i guess you wouldn't be surprised but there's not much many commercials for tree farms <laughs> and so we went when we were just scouring the the, the, the you know youtube just to see what it is it's like well i guess we're just going to be the originators on this one yeah mm -hmm. you know so is there a little bit of research and market analysis of what's currently out there yeah that comes out early on with the brand strategy when we're coming up with 
how we're going to position this organization against its competitors. And you know, in order to do that, you need to know what it is about your organization that makes you unique and different from all those. Sure. Um, and to be able to kind of control that a little bit. So that's a lot of questions. You know, asking a lot of questions. Um, when you asked that question, I instantly thought of. Um, I think it's a South Park episode where they the Simpsons already did it. Where they, were, I don't know if you ever seen that one Mm-mm. where they. Uh, they kept trying to come up with a storyline for the show, and then someone's like, oh, The Simpsons already did that. The Simpsons already did that. And uh, on occasion, we'll come up with some ideas, and then we'll we'll do the research even after the fact. Like, oh, someone's already done that. Like, we've got to kind of take it a little bit further down the yeah. line. <laughs> there's, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, no, there's not. But, there's, you know, you're right. But a lot of times you can look at something maybe outside that industry that's working really well for another company that's positioning maybe on that same thing, whether it's um, – family-owned, third-generation type thing. And, hey, that's working really well for a, a non-traditional, you know, not in that in that particular industry that we're trying to um, market to. And uh, we can sometimes take some of those ideas and kind of go with them. But generally, from our approach at Cultivate, it's usually from the ground up. Um, yeah. Very yeah. rarely. Yeah. I try not to do a whole lot of research, honestly. Like, if I do research, it has it's, like, from, from a quality standpoint, like, how good are are the other companies doing it? You know? Yeah, yeah, and right. Let's do that better. But from content or from creative, I actually purposefully try to steer away from it because I know that it'll twist my thoughts in that direction. That's fascinating. Especially when you see somebody that's doing something, oh, that's really cool. Then your mind gets fixated on yeah, that one idea. Right. It's hard to steer away from that sometimes, yeah. you know? Well, I'd hate to give away all my, my trade secrets in here, but one of the things that we've been trying to do, because from a sales side of things, it was always kind of tough to pitch video production in particular because it was really two pitches in every meeting. Mm-hmm. It was the first pitch of just getting people to be on board with doing video, which three years ago was a hell of a lot harder to sell than it is today. Absolutely. And then the second side of it was the cost because you're working with hard labor here. It's not something you can just kind of say, well, we'll do it for 500 bucks yeah. and fit every budget. While you do say have some people that are hungrier than others, it's still tough, you Absolutely, know? Yeah. And so creating a market and being aggressive and offensive is one of the things that we're trying to do. And I think the one that I've seen probably do it the best is NWI Media with Nick when it comes to the real estate side of things because he seems to really have, I don't know if you guys, I mean, you guys are all, we're all on yeah. social media. Yeah, real, there's a million realtors doing a million yeah. different things at this point. Um, I met with Adam Harrington on Monday and like he's an awesome guy and it was just amazing to hear his brand strategies and marketing campaigns, which is happening on an entrepreneurial level, yeah. which is really cool. And, it's, and the 1099 level, it's not even on a business level. Um, so when it comes to just strategy, right? Um, and budgetizing. Is there anything like from your experience that maybe the small business owner can possibly take into consideration and move forward with right away? Because we're dealing with small budgets. Yeah. We're dealing with them doing a lot of the stuff. Would you have any tips for them to kind of be like, hey, this might be really cool if to start to implement that weekly? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, you know, it, it all comes back to who it is that you're trying to reach and what are we trying to get them to do? So maybe if we could have some sort of a context with that. Let's say you mentioned uh, – a local barista or was it yeah yeah brie from cafe fresco brie, and that's a, a local joint here yep and talk to me a little bit about that just give me a, we'll get an example we'll kind of okay shoot. so um it's uh it's so it's on the corner of uh, like on the west side of the courthouse okay. right uh kevin knows her pretty well mm-hmm. um the you walk in it's pretty open concept very i would say like european social which has got like a lot of wooden tables okay. in there kind yeah. of right yeah, absolutely and so you kind of go in there it's usually a lot of people loitering which i think is happens in a lot of coffee shops yep. i think the the, I think what sets that one apart in particular is the the socializing from Bree to the clients, to the people that are there. Mm-hmm. She's very good at that. 
Um, and so I would say probably that's probably one component. Um, it's very coffee driven and not very much and tea driven. Yeah. Um, they, they, she, they pride themselves on using the best type of coffees. I would probably be an idiot of saying what it is. I think I heard <laughs> intelligentsia at one point Yeah. somewhere in it. there. Okay, cool. So I know they're doing that. Um, and so that's kind of where they set themselves apart. I know she does a little bit of podcasting on the side, okay. um, but it's really more of that. And like a lot of like, what, like rolls, like danishes are kind of there, but that's kind of like in and out. I don't think that's consistent. Yeah. So that's how I would explain it. Okay. Is that good? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, you think about like that, she's positioning herself against some pretty big heavy hitters. Um, you know, Two doors got, down. Yeah. Is it, is it really? Yeah, oh, right. So, so it's like, so that's it's funny, fun. like complete different markets for the two coffee shops. Right. Brie is hitting like entrepreneurs, like higher end, I think. And it is, it's focused on the coffee. Like her coffee is awesome. The sip, young, hip, artsy crowd. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I always like see thing. like high school kids in there yeah. a ton. Yeah. And I see them in Cafe Fresco too, but just, it's different. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. yeah. So. But if the relational thing is the thing that's unique to her, then she needs to kind of position herself around that relationship. So how do you do that? Um, so if it's just her behind the counter, whoever, like every person that walks in the door, at some point you should make a number one objective to know everyone's name. And it sounds pretty crazy, but it's certainly doable. Um, you know, that was something that I had done in the wedding DJ business years ago is I wanted to get on a vendor referral list. So one of the things that I tried to do is like, hey, there's the owner, super easy to talk to the owner, but there's also 35 other people that work for this organization. And so what I, one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to learn every single person's name from the dishwasher to the bartender to the person serving in the room. And I did that and it took a long time to do that. Uh, but eventually it got to this point where I was able to position myself in the wedding world as the relational guy. And that's in, in the weddings, that's all that it is. I think um, I would say that's, that's you know, across all platforms. So, you know, it's if all you about can, relationships. If you can, you know, maximize that. And if she's got this podcast and she starts forming these relationships and she can feature other businesses kind of the same thing that you're doing here today um it's really gonna help her stand out especially if that's the, the market she's going for the oh, small yeah. business owners and, and so on but you're you're competing against starbucks um which is the experience right yeah. starbucks is they don't the coffee is great or maybe it's not great whatever your preference is but the, the starbucks whole thing is positioning around experience and making sure you have the same experience a good experience at no matter what starbucks you go to and uh, all the way down to the music they're playing, to the temperature in the room. There's True. a lot of control things that are happening there, and, and that's the thing that they're kind of makes them unique. So she's gonna have a tough time, you know, or maybe a better time, you know, positioning against Starbucks if it's the relational thing where you're gonna miss some of that at a Starbucks. Um, they're not going to necessarily be able to memorize everyone's name because there's right. a lot of foot traffic. So. Well, in her case in particular, she does an amazing. I met her the first time at uh, Kevin's Pink Piano. Oh yeah, yeah, like like months ago, yeah. like the Christmas caroling one, and uh, since then, it's like that's what that's what gets her. I think separates her is that she's out in the, in the community. Yeah, she's yeah. always doing community organization like events, and she's she went to one like on her story. It was a master storyteller at the Crown Point Library, yeah. and she was there for coffee with that, and so. That, like Starbucks uh, can't do that. No, there's no barista absolutely. that's going to the Carol. She's got a huge fr footprint in the community. I yeah, mean, she's the way great that at it. She gives back and, and yeah, that's kudos awesome. service. She, she service. did an awesome job talking about social media campaigns. Um, using it as a, as a specific is uh, I think it was around Christmas time where she went and got like a hundred bucks or something and went to go to Aldi, and like give these people like buy all their groceries for them as a ah. gift it was awesome and it yeah. was a like great fodder for instagram and social media but she wasn't doing it for that she was doing it because she really wanted to you yeah know? um but yeah no i mean she's like she's killing it from that side of things but like you can go on the opposite side of that have you guys been the fluid in valpo 
I have not. No. So it's a completely different experience. Yeah. So this is very punk rocky. This is very uh, the music is very Bowie esque. It's like yeah. uh, Pixies. It's Nirvana. And it's like got a little bit different of a vibe, but here's two competing aspects of it. But I think it's more communal. Where would that? So how would that take your communal side from that? Does that make sense? Yeah. To kind of give both both ends of the spectrum, and like from a from a video side of things, Kevin, I wonder creatively if there's anything there. Oh man. Well, usually when we lay out a strategy, um, we hit on a couple of different things. You know, you hit on the on the three, the educational and. Uh, uh, what were the other ones? The entertaining and, power. Yeah, yeah. Like power and entertainment. Let's still work on that. One. Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple. There's a couple more that you can th- you can throw in there. But um, coming at it, like if you know that your audience, you know, listens to this type of music and you know they're into this type of thing, you can shape the art form around them. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a huge part of it is just storytelling, right? Like. Um, you, you can tell a story in an educational manner, you know, um, going back to over coffee with Kevin, right? Yeah. That was like the whole point. It was like, take something super complex, add a little bit of humor, make that bad boy three minutes long so people walk away and they understand what that topic is about. And that's that's what it was, you know? Um, so I think like when you, when you go down and... Uh, you put a strategy together and you say, okay, we're going to do an educational piece or an empowerment piece. Find out who your audience is, and then, you know, those are the walls to your sandbox, right? And you build within that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, for Brie at Cafe Fresco, the giving back stuff is is perfect. Like, knock it out of the park when you're telling those stories of, of buying groceries for people at Aldi and why you're doing it, you know? Yeah. She gives her tip jar away. Right? Yep. Yep. She always does that. So, I mean, she's got stories on stories on stories. Now, the problem is it takes a lot of work to tell those stories. Right. You know, so you have to make it a priority and you have to add it into sort of your business plan. Right? Yep. So. And that's why I use those two in particular because they do kill it on social media. Yeah. Like they really kind of go out of their way and they're spending a lot of their times on it. But um, it's just interesting to kind of. I wanted to kind of jog the audience through the creative process and two of those sides of things because it's interesting to kind of see that. Absolutely. Hopefully you know. we did a good job. You, <laughs> yeah. You're all under the bus here with the coffee my one. Bad, you know? <laughs> I know everyone else is going to be pissed. I was looking at that Friends of Local 209 page, and we were looking down at all the coffee shops, and six of the nine owners in the region are in that list, in that group. Really? So I'm like, shit, they're going to hear this. <laughs> so my apologies if you weren't, if you weren't, uh, if you weren't mentioned. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about too, and this is kind of a dual answer because this is, I think, where the creative and the social media co- comes in. How much are you guys um, advising your clients about reaching out into other influencer realms, and how do you attack those other influencer realms in a way that can be organized and released, if that makes any sense? So, for example, I'll give I'll give you one. Say. Um, I have I come to you and I want to redo local two and nines um, the way the way we're doing things from a social media side, but I want to bring in other businesses in, involved. So say like this is one of those where I'm bringing in your your audiences, I'm bringing in mine, and hopefully essentially we can start to create a little bit of an energy bubble where my followers start to follow you, they start to follow us, and it kind of goes reciprocal, right? Yeah. Um, how do we stay creative inside those kind of worlds? So for example, like um, we have this one place called Guys and Ties that's on social media, mm-hmm. and we've been trying to reach out to them. We're gonna we're gonna try to like pitch like a photo shoot of the guys of Local Two and Nine inside their realm to kind of create that influencer realm, so we can kind of like use that as a platform for both of us. Absolutely. How much are you advising that and how the creative side fits into it as well? 
Well, I, I'd like to use an example if I could. Um, and we talked a little bit about this liquid transportation company. So here's what they're doing. Um, they drive semis with the tankers. We've all seen those big silver shiny tankers going mm -hmm. down the road. They are like every other transportation company in the world are trying to hire drivers right now. So they're trying to get in front of drivers. And like every other transportation company in the world, they put this now hiring $70,000 a year, $10,000 signing bonus, full benefits call list. Everybody's doing the same thing. The thing that makes this company a little bit unique is it, it's it's a family owned. You're not ever, at this company. Um, you're not just a number. Um, you're a person, and they they've really pushed hard to get to know everybody's names. And um, and so we're kind of using that family feeling to kind of position themselves against these large transportation companies out there. So in order to get in front of them, one of the ways that we wanted to do is uh, that's interview not just your employees, but that's interview some of your customers like. The typical case studies type things, right? So, um, part of that industry is a tank, liquid tank. Uh, what would you call it? Like a cleaning? They do cleaning yeah. and um, yeah, they, they wash the chemicals out. They of the wash tanks. the chemicals out of the tanks. So, one thing we know about that particular business is they only work with liquid transportation companies and drivers of liquid tra uh, transportation companies. So, um, instead of talking about them themselves, let's talk about this other person, this other partner that they've got. So we basically went on site, we interviewed a bunch of their people. We kind of did a, took a take like uh, Humans of New York, where we, it was a- uh, Great, great know, piece. And uh, we talked about those particular people in hopes of um, putting it on social media. It doesn't allow us to talk about ourselves. We're talking about these people that are ultimately part of partners with us. And then they ultimately are gonna take this content now we're producing it for free for them. It's expensive to do these things. They've got this awesome piece of content that they can now share it with their audience. And who is their audience? Well, other transportation companies. And that puts this first choice logistics in front of a much larger audience that they might not have had before. So I don't know if it kind of aligns with it, but it's, yeah. it's, it's don't always talk about yourself. Talk about your, your clients, you know, the people that are your partners that you're working with. Like, let's talk about them and how you're helping them succeed as well. Um, and that's ultimately like the, it's the serving thing, you know, yeah, totally. it, it kind of puts it out there in a different frame set. So, yeah. And I think too, like to take it one step back, you know, you're talking about what was the company ties guys, guys and ties. ties and ties. Yeah. Get your crew together, go down there and buy a bunch of ties and just start talking shop, build a relationship with them first before you sell them on something. You know what I mean? Like get out there and know the product, you know, and understand it. And, and that, I mean, we've done that before. We want to work with a brewery. We go take a brew tour and slam some beers with the owner. Like, yeah, you know, build the relationship. Sure, sure. It's that organic process of, of um, client development that is just more of a natural thing. And you, you have your elevator pitch kind of in the back. Like, um, so it makes them want to ask questions more. What is it that, that this thing that you do? Like, we help companies matter more. That's our elevator. We help you matter more. Well, how do you help us matter more? Well, here, let me tell you. Like, we don't have to tell you. You're starting to ask these questions. So, right. and that's where that elevator pitch really kind of comes into play. And it works really well in a setting like that where you can go into there and just have that organic conversation, that natural flow. You know? Sure. So. That's crazy. I know we're trying to do a little bit of that stuff. That's what our media side is for, for the most part, is to kind of create these relationships re um, publicly. And yeah. you're doing a great job. I mean, oh, we're thanks, in the man. group now, and we're seeing all the, the conversations and uh, the people introducing themselves, so we're excited to see where that goes. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be intense. So, uh, I, you know, it's hard because when we're starting to get on the mic, it's hard. To, I don't know what I can talk about publicly or what I can't talk yeah. about. Um, 
but it's one of those things that I can tell you, like we would look at ours, our place in 60 days. I can't afford to do a, a year long business plan right now. Yeah, It's really 60 days at a time um, because of that's how fast this is moving. And uh, you know, we started me and Josh November 1st was just me and him at Region Gourmet practically. <laughs> and now, you know, there's 12 people that are participating on a regular basis. So in four months, we've really kind of grown exponentially. We've got space now that I can't talk about yet, but that's something happening. Um, but we're so we're really growing fast and inside that realm what we're really excited about is that there's going to be a networking side of this because everyone I'm talking to is just like there's no outlet for 25 to 35 year old people who really want to be ambitious and people to talk to. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of starting this thing where it's like leave your business card at home. Um, this is really just a gathering. And so people can start forming relationships, hit, throw them back and see what happens. Yeah. You know. And so the first one we're going to be doing looks like it's going to be with Station 21. Um, and we're going to be partnering with them to do it, and it's going to be around the March Madness. Uh -huh. So oh, we, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we'll cover it with video or not. I think that's part of the strategy, yeah. but I don't know. You Absolutely. Know? So that's kind of where we're going with that. And so the next 60 days is going to be – I say it every 60 days. These guys give me shit about it all the time. <laughs> but it's really we're heading into the next most important 60 days of the company's career. You Absolutely. Know? And yeah. so just kind of keep – keeps you grinding absolutely um, but yeah so what's been going on with you guys i know so the one thing i really wanted to kind of talk about too is the last time i went to your guys uh, christmas open house which your your offices are beautiful you guys your staff was really accommodating really nice and friendly so uh, how many so how many people are there it's like there are 25 I was say 25 yeah and you guys are going through a lot of growth too yeah i mean we've essentially what was it four years ago i think there were only five employees there i mean it's it's really grown exponentially so um, you're kind of in the startup mode too yeah and so how are you guys kind of structuring this in real time is that is that seems like something that's like a growing pain for you or is that something that seems to be coming natural yeah you know, i think the hardest part is is identifying these processes right because every client is a little bit different and then who do we need what, what what's our weaknesses and what can we do to kind of improve and bring in the right people to kind of fulfill those needs and that's always a growing pain kind of right out of the gate and, and we're the newest people on the staff, so yeah. we might not be the, the, the perfect people to ask for this because I know, uh, you know, our owners, they're really, uh, you know, they've been in this for about 13 years now, and, and they just do a phenomenal job with it. But, um, yeah, I, you know, as the needs arise, it seems like they've been really good at bringing in the right people to kind of fulfill each of those roles that need to cool. be kind of played out. So, so it's happened organically. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't think they're one of those companies that puts out a now hiring ad. Um, right. It, all the relationships they have have already been formed. They know, they know who they want, and they kind of pursue them. And that's how it's worked for both of us, and uh, yep. yeah, it's, it's worked out pretty good. So. Cool. <laughs> Do you guys? I, I know the one thing you guys made a philosophical shift on was kind of taking more ownership of the social media side of these companies because, I, I mean, it, it happens. I've seen it happen to myself where you give somebody a marketing piece, and it just falls flat because they did nothing with it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And so I know you guys have shifted that philosophically to take more ownership over the marketing side. So that's really cool. What trends do you guys see kind of happening in like the next six months with social media and the creative or video production in particular? Absolutely. Well, a lot of changes in the past two months, right? Yeah. I well, mean, we've just been completely. Well, so let's talk about that first before yeah. we jump into that. The last two months insanity right the yeah. game has completely changed what have you seen that's been the most detrimental yeah so you know the, the industry experts are calling it the facebook apocalypse or they did and now they're quickly learning like there's always an apocalypse there's always the end of the world um and it's awesome when those things happen because everybody panics and they freak out 
Um, but the people that are smart and they kind of play their, their games right and they do the research, like they're the ones that usually are the next cutting edge people to kind of get ahead. So we know now that it's it's less about the, the likes and the shares. It's all about that organic conversation, that person to person conversation, less uh, page to person. So when it comes to content creation, it's all about fostering that that relationship and, and sparking conversations. And uh, so I don't know if you've seen it even on you guys's, you know, your organic Facebook feeds, the things that are coming through. The stuff that's standing out are, are the long comments below those posts and you're not seeing as many of the of the the traditional viral videos that you used to, you know, right? So that makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, but what we are quickly learning is that a lot of organizations, people that have their internal marketing teams um, that do social media, are kind of nervous right now because they used to have this large organic reach where they would post something, and you know, ten years ago you'd reach everybody, five years ago you'd reach one percent. You know, the past two years it's been less than one percent, and now it's it's a pay to play and, and we all know that and the people that generally are the ones that are liking and engaging are your employees and their employees wives right, which right. those are not necessarily your your target market so the ad buy really is is the thing now if you're not doing that already well that's so, so frustrating too because publicly they're saying that engagement is king and they're trying to openly say that that's part of the algorithm adjustments. However, everything else privately is saying that is total bullshit. Yeah. Right. It's all about paying. <laughs> yeah. And so like even the long comments is funny because we've been kind of experimenting with it yesterday, Matt. Uh, we started telling ghost stories on one of them to see where that would go. Yeah. So, so Matt wrote like, you know, 300 characters on one of these like posts. And it's still same thing. It's like being in a forest. Just nothing. Nothing. It's insane. So, yeah, that's definitely – so from a video production side of it, any kind of changes for you? Um, not necessarily video production, but, like, we did a post for this client that we've been talking about um, where Steve interviewed, like, a female truck driver, okay? and Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, and she was super cool, and, um, you know, we went out and did some great photography, really empowering, right, hitting on the empowerment. And um, that post lit up. It was great, and and it was str strategic in the fact that like we knew sort of like this girl power thing is happening, right? Like everybody's making comments and stuff on it, and we knew that we were gonna do this post anyway. And so we were like, well, let's just set this bad boy free now and see see what happens. And the conversations underneath this post were amazing. Awesome. Some of them were controversial. Oh, yeah. They sparked like, a lot of... There um, were some dudes that came on and kind of lit it up. And then, of course, like these women just attacked like piranhas. and They like, rallied around this girl. Yeah. Right? And that's fostered cool. this community that... Let's just be real here. This is a, a Facebook page that had less than 100 people on it. Um, and... I think there's like 250 comments on this post. We spent $45 on the ad buy. Um, no way. So we took these stories, kind of a similar to this Humans of New York, and we found out the thing of each story. There's a thing that makes it unique. Yeah. And then with the ad buy, to reach those particular people, we targeted that profile of that exact same person. So um, we have you know this woman truck driver, so we targeted women truck drivers within this certain geographical radius. We excluded people that moms that have young kids because most truck drivers that have young kids 
most women that drive trucks don't have young kids. They're out on the road. And we targeted, I think we even said, you know, divorced or single. We really tried to get build that specific profile. Came back with an audience of about 5,000 people. Like, those are the 5,000 people. And wow. we reached all 5,000 of them with $45. And then it reached 8,000, I think, altogether. So that organic reach that came off of it. Now, the organic reach is great, but those aren't necessarily the right people that we want to be targeting anyways that's um, true that's you know, a very solid so point we only targeted women but there's a bunch of men that are commenting that's that's part of the organic reach that counts but we know truck drivers also if you're a truck driver you probably have truck driving friends so some of that comes off of that a little bit so that's fascinating you know, we also interviewed a a, a, pa- a truck driver who's a pastor on the weekends so he, he pastors a church so what do we do with him let's take his story he talked about how driving a truck has empowered him and he writes sermons about being on the open road and that's target christian truck drivers within this geographical area um and really get that dialed and the same thing it works every time that's awesome um, and, and it's just that conversation piece happens and and that's it's part of a hiring campaign. So there's a whole funnel thing that we kind of build out with our campaigns. It's not this like one and done thing because we know like yeah. you got to hit people multiple times. So, so when you're managing social media accounts like that, are you are you giving people updates on what you're – so first of all, educating people on what to be looking for. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many times I go on a Facebook page it's like – 30,000 likes, but every single time they post, it's getting zero likes or two, you know? So like the engagement's not there at all. There's no community base. And so how do you educate people? Because a lot of people who are layman's at it, they'll look at 30,000 likes and be like, hey, they're doing a great job. They're a power. But they paid for every one of them, you know? So A, how do you start to educate those people? And then how do you kind of follow up with them consistently through a project to make sure that you're kind of meeting those goals? So there's a lot of, we call them postmortems in the marketing world where we kind of look at the things as they're coming about and we create a report um well, the basic stuff like your cpms your click-through rates the boring stuff that nobody really totally understands what they are um but, but like <laughs> inaudibly um, kevin just raised his hand you know, but there's uh there's certainly there's a kpi that we need to look at in this particular post it was all optimized for engagement so the click-through rate was the thing so we come back to the table and say hey okay this post is resonating really well people are clicking it that's great but how do we get them to apply for a job because this is all this is all about empowering. So it's empowering this this you know female truck driver to tell her story right. and how it's helping her achieve her dreams. So somebody likes, they start commenting on. That's great. Um, then we pixel them and we take them to the next step of the marketing funnel, which then we start to talk a little bit about being part of this first choice logistics team. And we talk about teamwork and not being just a number. Um, if they engage with that post, whether they comment, like, share, or they open the Canva, they're also pixeled for a third ad, which then takes them to the application. So we're building this case out for an application. We're not leading with apply now because who is going to see an ad on Facebook that says apply now for a job to a company? And that, take it serious. And, and take it serious and know nothing about this organization. Not going to happen. Like you've got to build a case. So it's a multi-step process. And the cool thing from the analytical standpoint is we can look at these KPIs, these key performance indicators and see what percentage of people are moving down the funnel and see kind of where the weakness is here. Um, because we know it's a funnel. It's going to get smaller as they go, but we need to make sure it's proportionately set right. So, Crazy. Um, that's I don't know fun, if, that's, if that's a tactical piece for your audience, but the multi-step approach and using that Facebook pixel um, and building that case out, because you've got three seconds to make a message and to get it across clearly enough for them to understand it, yep. and you've got to hit them multiple times because people are on their phones when they're 
driving and when they're in the restroom, when they're doing a podcast sitting right next to me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, they're passively using this 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 device as they're on social. So we got to hit them a couple of times with a few different messages and bring them absolutely you know, a means to an end here. So Yeah, and from the creative standpoint, you know, we'll sit down and we'll talk about this funnel and we'll talk about all these audiences all up front. And so you're already building your mentality. So I've got creative for all of these ideas for whatever level of the funnel that we're at. You know, and we do leave a little bit of flexibility because you never know what's going to happen. You know, so we like to break things up quarterly and, you know, here's all the creative elements that we're going to set free in the first quarter. And then we're going to turn the dials and watch the numbers. And then we have like our game plan for Q2. And then we'll turn those dials as we go and we start delivering that. And then we just keep pumping it out there and watch how it all plays. Awesome. Yeah. That's a, it's crazy to see those like that perspective. For sure, because like right now we're literally like a while well, we're a group of guys really going after it and, and a couple females, you know, it's just it's really interesting to hear the perspective of it, because the analytics, I think what the common theme of this is, is if I can kind of tie it up mm-hmm. is it's really about understanding your audience, digesting that information and then funneling that creatively to address that audience. Absolutely. And that sometimes isn't going to work every time. Right. I'll be honest. Right. I mean, there are a lot of times when things don't work. So to sit here and say, hey, we're experts. We, we can nail right. it the first time. Right. It, it does not happen, it doesn't especially happen. if there's no data. And, and that's where the data becomes important. And you need to constantly be doing these things yeah. because the more you do them and you look at the data, the better you're going to understand your audience and what it, the motivating thing is. Are, and do, do we lead with the carrot or do we lead with the stick? Do we talk about using our product and it's the greatest thing ever? Using our service is going to change your world. Or do we talk about if you don't use our product, your world is going to come crumbling to a crashing end. Um, that's the stick approach. And generally that works a little bit better. But sometimes you need to cue both of those creative sure. things up and to see which one is going to you know, move people through that process. Well, it's fascinating so. because by having that humility to it the, and like understanding that it's the, probably like one of the things I'm going to have a takeaway of. It's very baseball driven. It's like, yeah. you know, you're going to if you fail 70 percent of the time, you're going to the Hall of Fame. You yeah, know? Absolutely. but it's so but it's about that 300. You know, it's about getting those knocks when you need to get them. Um, but I think one of the things that's like just really crazy is just the. Uh, the idea that you you know especially when it comes to managing the expectations in the sales meetings because yeah. i think if you have that level of humility it makes it easier to control the client down the road which is what i think what we're what you're really trying to yeah. do right and i think too like one thing is letting the client know that this isn't always going to work right and i know that you're putting money towards this but consider that market research because you can turn those dials now tighter because you know yes. that, that thing fi- failed we uh, we did one for a, a, a big private college out here, and um, it, it was a simple thing on the on the front of their website. Were we going to use a male or were we going to use a female, right? And the client pushed male, 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 and we were like, eh, maybe female, female. And you know, client pays the bills. They win, right? Yeah, so we winning. throw it out yep. there. And then what were the stats that were coming back from that? It was like eighty percent of. Their audience all was the, women? All the click-through rates were coming through. We used we ended up putting the, the male on the homepage as a hero shot on the website, but then the ads we used, you know, the men and the women, and, and the, the woman per- performed, like, <laughs> unbelievably more. So we had to go back to them and say, hey, you know, like, 
Sorry. We were right. This was the right, which is always a fun thing to do. <laughs> uh, it doesn't always play out that way. We didn't word it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah. But with that same campaign, things that, you know, that we thought were going to work, you know, we had produced this pretty large video, and it just did not move people through the funnel in the way that we had approached or hoped for. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So we optimized it for awareness, optimized it for clicks, optimized it for video views, and we found out the video views was going to move people through the funnel at the cheapest rate. Um, but then we said, why don't we just try one other piece of creative? So we had this... Um, kind of a utility f tool that was on their website where you could type in your interests or just pick from like a form and it would spit out all of the courses that they had that were applicable to this particular interest. And so if you're good at leadership, what would be a good major for? So we thought, hey, why don't we use this tool and lead with this as part of this awareness campaign? It's like, not sure what your major is? Take the quiz and we'll spit out the answer and you know help you achieve your your dreams and so we we leaded with that and we pushed way more people i think the the click-through rate on something like that was like 10 times higher really than just the video which was kind of disappointing because we put a lot of effort into this video it's just that particular audience that we had no research on them other than what we had, what yeah. they had given to us and it just did not do what it needed to do so we had to quickly like shuffle things and around pivot, yeah. and, and and that's part of the game with all this stuff is sometimes you have these great ideas and you do all this research but every audience yep. is totally different yep. and so but, but uh, the value to the client now is now you know you this know is the who thing. you need to go after now right right so college right. recruiting happens every Move year forward. so like, yeah this is the thing take it run with it put your money here and had we not looked at the data and we just led with the video like we'd come back and say, hey, you know, we don't necessarily think it, it performed the way we had hoped it would. No, we need to figure out why it didn't perform and then, and give then you, attack it. give you a reason to why. You know? Yeah, and it's so funny, man, because sometimes you put the, so much thought into these videos oh, and it's then insane. it's like you put the, it's like all the back end stuff, the amount of editing hours yeah. and then it just comes out and it falls flat and you're just like, what? <laughs> and then there's something where you can just put out, like there was, we did one when the Snowmageddon thing happened a couple weeks ago, Joel Henderson from the Comeuppance Network sent me this clip. It's like, you know, 20 seconds long of him just flying a drone, a drone through the the square yeah zero thought zero thought when i'm like shit i think people might think it's cool it's like twenty thousand views later it's like what <laughs> oh, <yeah>. all organic <laughs> so that's insane yeah the juxtaposition of it you know it's unreal so i i prefaced the conversation before about saying tell us about the future but let's try to be a little bit more specific uh what is something that i think that small business owners um, I think medium business owners, they have more of a budget to kind of get this advice. So we'll try to stick at the small business person. Absolutely. Um, what are some things they can start to implement that can be ahead of the game for the next month or two? Because let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you need to be fostering, you need to create a community. Um, you need to create this community. It's not about page likes. And it really ultimately never was. Um, I mean, there's some social proof that comes from it. But you need to be having this community with your customers, with your prospects, and, and start putting educational pieces out there, asking them questions. The Facebook Live, we all know those things are seven times more engaging than regular video. So when you're doing Facebook Live, engage with your audience. Try to create a place that they want to come back to um, to learn more. I, you know, I think you know, being a, in, in the wedding DJ business still, like I've got things that I want to start talking about in weddings, things that you can do to kind of amplify you know, your event and, and talk about that and then engage with that audience and, and send out emails. So when you're going to put a video out there, email your, your client base and try to bring them in. Um, and asking questions. I mean, we kind of have a three-punch rule when it comes to engagement on social media. Um, it's kind of silly. Um, someone else had told me about this. Not You guys work in a lot of threes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, when, when someone responds to, you know, a comment on your Facebook page, 
you know, you could respond to, hey, thanks so much, we appreciate it, which is great. That's one engagement and, and you're done. What we try to do is we do the three steps. So there's the emojis where we do like the thumbs up, the fist bump, like you're awesome. We acknowledge that person in a second comment. We say, hey, thanks so much, we appreciate it. And then we'll also have a third thing, which is a question echoing something back. So it's kind of opening a conversation loop awesome. for three things. So what ends up happening is I get three engagements from that one person on that same post. So I, I don't know this is going to work forever because Facebook's pretty smart about figuring out if you're manipulating things or not. But So we do the fist bump, and a lot of times what they'll do is they'll give us a like, which is super simple. Um, they might even give us a love if we acknowledge their comment. And then we ask the question. Then they respond with the question. So almost every post that we're monitoring, they're getting three responses from us and um, because some people also resonate really well with the emojicons and all that, and other people oh, yeah. don't have time to respond to your question, but they'll at least give you the like. So hitting in three different ways, instead of one really long comment um, has been pretty successful for us. For the first time ever, we added emojis into a video. Did you? Yesterday. Really? So we're seeing how that's going to work. Which one did you roll with? Uh, we rolled with the beers. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> the, the double Classic. beers. The double beers, the not double the one beers. single beer. Yeah. We have standards here, yeah. guys. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kevin, anything on your end? Yeah, I mean, my wife and I are small business owners. Yeah, perfect so. example. After Eight Handmade. Yeah. Thanks for the plug. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the square. On the square. Yeah. So, um, we've been we've been doing this for, we've had our storefront for three years now, and, um, it, like just recently are we having the conversation like it's great like my wife runs the whole thing she does a good job but um, she has got a great following like brand advocates like people pay millions of dollars for the type of brand advocates that she has for her little business but um, one thing is like you just get in the rhythm of like hey we've got this new product and we put it out there and people are like yeah I like it or I don't like it or whatever and I'm like let's let's start telling more stories like everybody has a brand, right? Whether you know right. it or not. Yep. Yep. And I think people buy our products because they like our brand and they like what we're doing, right? So we need to tell our story a little bit more. So we just did one perfect example and, and we've been doing this for a long time. One of my one of the products she makes is like a uh, a keychain that holds chapstick, right? It's, it's it's a simple thing, but people love them and we've sold a bajillion of them. Um <laughs> Thank you, everybody. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, awesome. But one thing my wife always does is every time we go to a restaurant and we have great service, she pulls this baggie out of her purse that has all these keychains in it. And she tells the waitress, like, hey, I, I make these things. I've got a shop. I want you to have one. You were a great server. And it's just like, oh, awesome, you know? But it's just like... Brilliant. She's been doing it from the beginning, right? Brilliant. And I was like, we've never told that story We've never thought about it. It's just something we do. So we were at Red Robin. We had great service. I put one of the, the keychains down on top of the receipt. I snapped a photo of it. And I said, just put this on your on your Instagram and, and see how it goes. And she got a lot of likes, you know. But it's just telling that brand story, things about us, the kind of the behind-the-scenes type stuff. I've been noticing your uh, your Joanne Fabric in uh, Michael's oh. trips. Those are you're, The production value of those posts have gone up. <laughs> I see your game over there. Oh, my gosh. I am at Joanne Fabrics. I swear two to three times a week. No, yeah. it's, it's not that bad, but um, we're there all the time. And, and, you know, there's just this ongoing thing. Like, every time I'm there, you just see the guys just head down like, oh, my God, get me out of get here. Get out of here. You know? There's it's nothing like it, guys for guys there. No. 
And uh, it's just an ongoing joke. So, like, one time I was there, like, three times in one weekend. Like, no joke. That's a job. Yeah. I, it must have been, like, right after Hunt and Gather or whatever, and we were, like, totally out of it. So and I that's this weekend, right? Yes, it is. Okay, it cool. Is. So I will probably be there next weekend. I, I'll be there. I will be there, too. <laughs> um, but I just snapped a selfie outside, and it was just I made this weird look, and I was like, here I am again. And, like... The likes on this thing were crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and it's like you say, like I'll will sit there and you know I'll direct a you know ten thousand dollar commercial. Yeah. And people are just like, eh, whatever. And then I just snap an idiot selfie outside of Joanne's, and people are like, I love it. That's the greatest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, that happens all the time. All it's the time. wild, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm getting relationship. I'm saying establish relationships with your clients or with your customers. Uh, for sure. It's something they can relate to. So it's yes. building community and then establish relationships, which I'm glad we're going back towards that in social media. <laughs> absolutely. Because it didn't feel that way for a long time, right? It yeah, started absolutely. to feel a little gimmicky and spammy. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. is there any takeaways you want the, the our listeners to list, to uh, take away? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess when it comes back to, you know, brand, brand is. It's always going to be there. And brand is the perception that people um, look at your organization. And you have to be, as a business owner, in control of that at all times. Because if you don't, someone else is going to come in, whether that's a competitor um, or some other messaging that's going to yep. So always be on top of it. Always be fluid. And if something didn't work, don't feel like that's the end of it. Just continue to look at your performance and look forward and, and take little wins as you go. Um, but we just, you always need to be putting stuff out there and uh, just be in control of that. And make sure it goes back to your brand strategy. So, cool. cool. Yeah, knowing your brand's important. And if your brand is not what you want it to be, then put a strategy in place to start changing it. Smart. And go for it. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Uh, so I'll say it publicly. I think one of my goals is uh, Cultivate beat me to the punch and was able to steal you two before <laughs> I was able to start this. But uh, anytime you guys are wanting to, that drive gets a little too long for you, Absolutely. let me know. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure something out. Um, but again, uh, thanks for guys, you guys for coming in, man. It was like I was really looking forward to this one all week. Actually, last three weeks, really. Awesome. Uh, I know I had Kevin on here, and then Steve, you kind of added in a little bit. I know you're on maternity yeah, leave. Yeah, so. sorry. I left you hanging there a little bit. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. I always love talking to you guys. Um, is there any place they can find you? Yeah. Um, our website is cultivatebrands.com if they want to learn more. Um, otherwise, we are on social media. Uh, I'm Stevie D on Facebook. Come find me. Yeah, Kevin Brinksma on Facebook, um, KevinBrinksma.com. Whoa, Your I didn't own. know that was going down. Oh, yeah, I've got my own URL. He, oh, he no is big a deal. personal brand, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, and props to you too, man. Like, what you're doing here with Local 219 has been awesome. And just, you know, how you're rallying people around it and showing pride for the region, I think that's awesome. And just getting people together and getting people to work together and, and promote each other and so I think that's awesome. awesome. Well, I really appreciate that, man. It's a lot of hours right now. I know it is. You know, and it's been um, – because it's the media game, and it's yeah. – unfortunately, it's about relationships, and yeah. we can't take a day off. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, even this last three days, we were – Josh and I were in – we were at those – we went to three events on Saturday. We're turning those videos around within 48 hours. <laughs> and we literally, like, the last three days, it was like we get up at 9 a.m. We're not going to bed till 2 a.m., and it's been 72 straight hours of that, including ghost hunting, yeah. you know, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, that was a whole another experience but i know i really appreciate that that really kind of helps yeah. you know when you're in the, the thick of it and th- luckily this thing's starting to monetize itself so it's nice that's good yeah so we're starting to kind of see the fruits of that labor well don't forget about us no you're always uh you're on my so. speed dials <laughs> my specials on my cell phone I love it. Um, but you can find us at uh, local 219 across all platforms and at twitter at local underscore 219 thanks for listening 
And uh, we will talk to you next week. Later.